Welcome to River City 360 Views and News from Around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, in any given year, one in five Canadians are affected by a mental health issue. And it's a lot more common than you might think, but also mental health affects us all. So we'll be talking all things mental health with Stephen Sutherland, employment specialist at the Canadian Mental Health Association, in honor of Bell Let's Talk Day, which took place yesterday. Then we'll hear how some Winnipeggers are doing their part to help our city. We'll speak with Ravi Rambaran, owner of St. James Burger and Crown Bar and Grill, about the different ways that they are helping their community. We'll also speak with Jackie Hunt, Executive Director of Volunteer Manitoba, to learn more about how the organization supports volunteerism in our province, and also about nominations for the upcoming Volunteer Awards in April. And what do you do with all those pesky plastic bags that you get at the grocery store? Well, some elementary school kids are turning these plastic bags into benches, and we'll speak with Tom Ethans, Executive Director of Take Pride Winnipeg, to learn all about it. And finally, Mr. Rick Lucier has spent 25 years at the Winnipeg Foundation and is retiring this week. We'll sit down with Rick and talk about his incredible career serving Winnipeg and what he's learned during his quarter-century career with the Winnipeg Foundation. We've got all this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Hello and welcome to River City 360. Nolan over here, Robert over there, coming at you from the CJNU studios. Robert, how are you doing this fine day? I'm well, thanks, Nolan. Welcome back. Yeah, am I glowing? Do I have a bit of sun? Did I, I get think a bit you of tan? Yeah. yeah. I was in the Philippines for a couple of weeks for a friend of mine's wedding, and uh, it was wonderful. Went island hopping and uh, enjoyed. What was one of the highlights for you? Pretty much just hanging around in Cebu. We were there for the Cinelog Festival, which uh, is basically just everyone takes to the streets, and they. We were encouraged to wear white T-shirts because you sort of go dancing through the streets and cheering through the streets, and people would cover you in paint, and just it was an absolute chaotic kind of a day, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, the Philippine people are obviously a very kind, generous, and wonderful group to hang out with so it was just a, a really great time i was the first time there and it was it was quite fantastic a little bit better than the uh, minus 40 that we're now dealing with here in winnipeg that's for yeah, sure i think you uh experienced the opposite of what we've got now in terms of weather pretty much it's about a 70 degree switch from going to plus 30 to minus 40 so uh it was a bit of a shock getting off the plane and getting hit by that that polar vortex right in the face but uh, i'm glad to be home a little bit too and we're Glad to have you back. Well, thank you. We've got a lot of uh, show to cover this week. I'm glad to be back in such an interesting time. We had Bell Let's Talk Day, which took place yesterday. Tons of social media activity. And there's actually a new video that we produced uh, at the Winnipeg Foundation that you can find on the Winnipeg Foundation's Facebook page by going to facebook.com slash WPGFDN uh, that actually deals with, uh, with mental health issues. It's Kieran's story. If you search for it, it's pinned to the top there. Again, WP or uh, facebook.com slash WPGFDN for that story. Uh, as well, we've got a conversation with uh, Mr. Stephen Sutherland from the Canadian Mental Health Association in honor of Bell Let's Talk Day, which we actually talked to him yesterday, and we'll bring you that conversation uh, after our first musical break. So what do we have for the people today, Robert? We'll start things off with the Beatles, and here comes the sun right here on River City 360. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun, I say it's alright. Little darling, 
you're listening to River City 360. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined via telephone by Stephen Sutherland. He's the Employment Specialist at the Canadian Mental Health Association here in Winnipeg. Stephen, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure. So we're talking on Bell Let's Talk Day, where every tweet, every social media post, basically, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, all of the above, if you hashtag Bell Let's Talk, Bell donates five cents towards mental health initiatives. So um, my question to you is, how has have you noticed an effect on this initiative, and how much has this initiative sort of helped to combat the stigma about mental health uh, in Canada and worldwide? No, absolutely. So we know one in five Canadians will experience a mental health um, illness or an addiction issue, and so reducing the stigma is so important. And one day out of 365 uh, does make a difference. You know, we we certainly want. Uh, people talking about it every day. We do that here, uh, talking about uh, the stereotypes and the stigmas that are attached to, to mental health. We we often say five out of five have mental health. And, uh, you know, part of uh, Bell Let's Talk is getting people to talk uh, a little bit more about their own mental health and maybe the mental health of their family or friends, uh, people that they're, con- you know, that they have concern, coworkers, uh so, yeah, for employers, you know, uh, being able to uh, say to, to your staff, it, it's it's good to talk about our our wellness, and that's, that includes mental health, yeah. For sure. And, I mean, you, you gave the stat of one out of five actually has an ailment, but for sure five out of five are dealing with either friends, family, coworkers, someone close to you is for sure dealing with something. So it, it, it literally affects everyone in the world. Right. Yeah, so we, we often say five out of five because mental health, everybody has it. You know, no one doesn't have mental health. Uh, everybody has physical health, mental health. Um, and so it's it's just as important to talk about um, our mental health as it is our physical health, especially on a very cold day today. No kidding. Uh, really, really, really cold. It's easy to stay in bed and just, you know close the blinds and and shut yourself off from the world especially during this season as well is talk talk, tell me a little bit about the programs and some of the offerings that the cmha has for people if if someone out there is listening right now that that might be struggling yeah you know we often say that there's something for everyone here at the cmha and one of the best ways to connect with the cmha is through our service navigation hub and we created that uh 14 months ago uh really trying to streamline uh, people coming through uh, our services, whether they're looking for our internal services or they're looking to understand the systems. You know, uh, navigating addiction and mental health uh, services is convoluted and complex. And if you've never done it before, uh, where do you start? And so giving people a call uh, in the hub, uh, we have a dedicated phone line, we have a dedicated mail, uh, email uh, for people to contact us. Uh, and so that's kind of the the area where there's that first contact, and then you know all the services and supports uh, are really about recovery, and mm-hmm. we simply define recovery as bettering our well-being. And so everybody wants to better their well-being, and when we find ourselves uh, really struggling with our mental health, and it might be an issue or problem, you might just get uh, you might get a diagnosis recently, and the shock of that, the acceptance of, oh, I, you know, I'm, I now have depression, or I have um, borderline personality disorder. What, do, what where, where do I go? What do I do? Who do I talk to? Uh, we, we want to be able to, to help, you know, uh, assess and listen, and then resource. So, we have lots of great uh, services here. We have our re- rehabilitation recovery service, 
which is probably one of our most popular uh, services where people get connected with a, with a worker. You, you work on a psychosocial goal, um, and, you know, you usually have that, that sort of relationship for uh, up to two years. We have our employment uh, services, so for people looking for meaningful employment, maybe they're underemployed, maybe they're uh, on assistance and they're looking for, um, you know, uh, to get back into the workforce mm-hmm. and they need that extra support for employers who are looking to connect uh, people who, who have lived experience with their mental health and helping them uh, understand, you know, what, what those sorts of employees will, will need, that, that we all need. We need a yeah. safe work environment, right? For sure. And I think from what I've gathered over the years, it seems as though everyone is a little bit different. Everyone's journey is going to be a little bit different. And, and, and being able to customize care and being able to sort of change what pe- everyone needs and, and sort of work within what what each person needs is is kind of a, a real strength of the CMHA. Absolutely, we 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 understand that everybody is different, and we want to make sure that we create a pathway um, in terms of resource that's going to be most appropriate and realistic for for the person. And one of the, one of the best services within the Service Navigation Hub is connecting people to our Mental Health Education for Families course. Uh, you know, I, I cared for my dad when, when he was alive, uh, diagnosed with bipolar uh, disorder, and uh, I care for my brother who lives with schizophrenia. And 25 years ago, you know, I didn't know that the CMHA, uh, you know, had these sorts of services. Right. And I wish I, I knew those things. And so this eight-week course allows people to speak and not feel alone in caring for their loved ones. So whether it's a, an adult child or a partner, um, a friend, um, you know, a, a neighbor, whomever, you know, people coming in to learn more about how to communicate, how to walk alongside, uh, how not to enable some of, the, you know, these behaviors. You know, I, I remember huge. just kind of throwing, you know, money at something, you know, like, oh, okay, I'll pay your rent. You know, I don't want you to be on the street. But part of it is, you know, how can we come alongside and, and be a resource uh, and, and instead of a barrier sometimes. Right. And so That's that huge. course, yeah, it's it's enormous. And, and we've been around for 100 years, you know, yeah. and uh, it's, crazy. It's, uh, it's it's amazing that that, uh, that the CMHA has been uh, around for, for so long, and we have so much more work to do. For sure. Uh, you know, today is a great day to, to start the conversation, maybe for the first time, or to continue that conversation. We have lots of great advocates and, and people out there who, who really want people to know uh, that their mental health matters, that they matter, that uh, because of a diagnosis doesn't mean that you uh, aren't able to to be employed or be uh, an active member of society, uh, that you're not invisible, yeah, that you're important. So uh, here at the CMHA, you know, we, you know, people don't need to have an appointment. Uh, they can certainly call the hub line at 204-775-6442 or come down to 930 Portage Avenue. We're in the old CGOB building. Um, and people can walk in and they'll be uh, met with uh, a nice smile, a cup of coffee, and uh, and have a conversation about the next steps uh, in their journey of recovery. And that first step, that first conversation is really, the. sometimes it's the hardest step to take, but it's probably the most important step on the journey because once you start it's you you'll be surprised at how many how much support there is out there how many people care and how we and and how that's the that's the best way to get started on on a journey to uh to happiness and healthiness 
Yeah, yeah. We just, you know that momentum, and we often yeah, say exactly. that 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 threshold of, of crossing that door, you know, is like that threshold of courage, you know. Mm-hmm. And people are so brave uh, to come in. You know, I met with somebody yesterday, you know, has has been struggling for many, many, many years, and finally to you know yesterday with the, with the with the help of a parent came in to say, hey, you know, how do I start learning what my financial entitlements are so I can live a little bit more independently. Right. And that's how huge. great is that? Yeah, it's great. Well, thank you. Today's Bell Let's Talk Day. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day, Stephen, to talk to us. Stephen Sutherland is the Employment Specialist at the Canadian Mental Health Association. If you or anyone you know is dealing with mental health issues, uh, visit mbwpg.cmha.ca for their website. There's tons of great resources on there. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add, uh, Stephen, before I let you go? No, just that number for the Service Navigation Hub, uh, 204-775-6442. And the Recovery Navigation Specialists are are right ready to to take your call and uh, to start that conversation. Thanks, Stephen. Have a great day, and we really appreciate your time. Thanks, Nolan. Thanks, Nolan. Up next, we're going to learn about a local business owner who's going above and beyond to improve Winnipeg. Ravi Rambaran, owner of St. James Burger and Crown Bar and Grill, will join us to talk about how he's making his community better, one burger at a time, after this. But first, here are the Hollies with He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, right here on River City 360.
It's a long, long again for listening to River City 360. I'm Sonny Permolo, and today I'm with Ravi Rambaran, who is the owner of Crown Bar and Grill, as well as St. James Burger and Chipco. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. You actually do quite a bit for our community. But before we get to that, can you give us a little bit of the history and how you uh, got started in all this? Yeah, I've always loved hospitality. So our recent purchase was St. James Burger, which we, uh, which we purchased over a year ago. Uh, but before that, I started Four Crowns, where we, we had a strong food base, and we, we brought that over here as well. You guys actually provided two scholarships. One was to St. James Collegiate, and the other one was Sturgeon Heights Collegiate, correct? Yeah, you bet. What made you want to invest into our community? Yeah, you know what? Uh, well, with those two scholarships, those are the two closest high schools to us. My store manager at St. James Burger actually went to Silver Heights. And my wife had went there for a little bit too. So that was pretty cool. It's an easy give back choice. Um, and then we thought, you know what, let's support these kids coming out here because those kids are going to be our customers for a long time. So that's what we decided to do, give 500 to each school. Um, and our scholarship detail is that we want to choose kids that are giving back to the community. So whoever the school tells us is giving back the most and doing the most volunteer work, that's just going to get this $500 scholarship. I noticed also uh, that you do much, much more than just the scholarships themselves. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the different things that you've given to throughout our community? Yeah, you bet. So uh, we, um, we've donated quite a bit of money to the local legion uh, very close to us, which goes to their poppy fund, which goes mostly directly to our veterans. So that's our way of giving back to our vets who've, uh, who fought for our country and our freedom. Uh, over the last year, we've given them 6,500 bucks, roughly. All our donation receipts are shown online. If you look at us, look us up on Instagram, instagram.com slash St. James Burger. We show all our give back there. And then also, this year, we've decided to support the Military Family Resource Center, which goes directly to our military. And uh, so far, we've saved close to about 1,700 bucks to give to them. We'll be meeting with them in early February as well. So yeah, we, we, we like to take care of the people that take care of us. And um, 
and support those that definitely need a handout. So at St. James, we're definitely all about that. We even do posts online. Uh, you know, anyone looking for a hand today, we live pretty fortunate lives. We're regular guys. We're healthy. We're strong. So we like to do what we can to help those that are not. So that's, that's, that's our way of living. Yeah, and also you have a few other things that you mentioned to me earlier. The Alpha House. What is the Alpha House? So for Crowns, we, we heavily support Alpha House, which is um, which we've only heard of recently. And uh, we met with them, and we're doing some pretty cool stuff with them. Um, Alpha House is, a, is a, a place that takes in women that are literally running from abuse that often show up with nothing but a backpack or something, nothing at all. And... Um, and they often show up with their kids as well. So Alpha House supports these people, and uh, and they're a very small organization. Um, they don't have a ton of funding, and it's it's something that supports very very local women in need, and we're all about that. So uh, we've held a couple fundraisers for them. Um, we did a really great fundraiser with the ex chief of police Devon Clunas, uh, where he packed the room full of people willing to support this charity, and we cooked the food, and and it was an excellent endeavor. Uh, raised a bunch of money for them. And then on the side of that, our staff also donates a portion of their tips to Alpha House as well, which is really cool. We've got a really good team, and, and quite frankly, we only like to hire people that are willing to give back as well. If that's not in your blood, then you can't work with us, period. In February, we're doing a really cool thing for, for some of the ladies there. My wife actually owns a hair salon down the street from St. James Burger, and she's decided to style and cut all the ladies' hair there for free on uh, the day before Valentine's Day. And then we're going to, once that's all done, uh, they're going to get their makeup done by another lady in the salon. And uh, then we're going to bring them over here to Four Crowns for lunch. So it's a nice little Valentine's thing to do. What made you choose these specific charities and why do you feel it is important to be philanthropic? You know, we chose, I, I had a really hard time choosing charities. We really wanted to donate to organizations where the money went as much to the people as possible especially local people, people in our own backyard. So I reached out to a lot of people, even through just Facebook, saying, hey, anyone can tell me about any local charities that we can help with. I just wanted to our food or our money to go directly into someone's hands as much as possible and make a difference at home. And that's really what our choice was. Awesome, Ravi. Of course, we all know La Poutine Week is uh, happening. Uh, so you have poutines at both locations. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I'm uh, quite a bit of a foodie. Yeah, last year, St. James Burger actually won La Poutine Week, uh, which was pretty amazing because we had just opened our doors before that happened, a few months before that happened. So we came in first place, and that was wicked. We did a shepherd's pie poutine. This year at St. James, we're doing a, um, we're doing a pierogi poutine, which is crazy too it's insane and then here at four crowns we're doing a uh we're doing a tocino poutine and uh i think that one's going to be the winner to be honest the pierogi's a killer but the tocino is just through the roof really awesome so again thank you ravi for coming on our show today on river city 360 before i let you go is there anything that you would like to add giving back is important and not a lot of people are they don't make the time or effort to do it and it's actually really easy if you just give a damn about it it is. It's a little bit of effort administrationally, but it's so worth it. And I think people need to take a chance and just put their hand out and do something for someone else because it is really easy. And it goes a long way. A few dollars is for you might be nothing, but for, for a lot of people, it's, it's a lot. And it makes a big difference. So please do it. Community helping the community is a really awesome thing. And again, if you have other stories that you would like to share out there, make sure you contact River City 360 at 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360, to let us know about the great things happening in our community. Have a great day.
Thanks, Sonny. Coming up next, another way to improve your community is through volunteering. And we will speak with Jackie Hunt, the Executive Director of Volunteer Manitoba, up next. She's going to tell us the importance of volunteering and how you can get involved in many different organizations across the city. Before we get to that, here's Crystal Gale with I'm Beginning to See the Light, right here on River City 360. I never cared much for moonlit skies. I never winked back at fireflies. Now that the stars are in your eyes, I'm beginning to see the light. I never went in for afterglow, a candlelight on the mistletoe. But now when you turn the lights down low, I'm beginning to see the light. Used to ramble through the park, shadow boxing in the dark. Then you came and caused a spark That's a forlorn fire now I never made love by lantern shine I never saw rainbows in my wine But now that your lips are burning mine I'm beginning to see the light To ramble through the park, shadow boxing in the dark. Then you came and caused a spark that's a forlorn fire now. I never made love by lantern shine, never saw rainbows in my wine. But now that your lips are burning mine, I'm beginning to see the light. I'm beginning to see the light. I'm beginning to see the light. Welcome back to River City 360. Robert Zirk here with you today, and I am now joined via telephone by Jackie Hunt. She is the Executive Director of Volunteer Manitoba. Jackie, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Oh, well, thank you for having us on. So first and foremost, I'm wondering if you can give our listeners a little bit of an overview of what Volunteer Manitoba does and how it supports volunteerism in our province. Volunteer Manitoba is uh, an organization that's really here to promote um, volunteerism um, and encourage encourage it within the the province for all Manitobans. We provide information, training, resources for volunteers and not for profits. Uh, and really, we just want to connect organizations with individuals who want to serve others uh, by giving of their time. How many people devote their time to volunteering in Manitoba? Do you have any statistics that you could share with us? Yeah, actually, the the national average for volunteerism is around 44% of the population. And uh, we uh, finished second, just slightly behind Saskatchewan. We have about 52% uh, participation in volunteers in our province, which is, uh, it really just speaks to the generosity that we have as a, as a province. That's fantastic. And so, on a general level, why should people volunteer? What are the benefits to helping out a nonprofit or charitable organization? And what kind of benefits do our local nonprofits see by having more volunteers available? Well, the, the truth is, is that there are so many uh, not-for-profits in our province. There's 7,000 registered charities and, and then so many more running off the sides of desks of uh, uh, lots of grassroots operations, and the reality is is that many of these would not survive without volunteers. And so the organizations benefit by having uh, expertise and assistance of people willing to share of their time 
which also helps with the limited resources that the not-for-profits have. But on the flip side, for the volunteers, most of them do it because they want to make a positive contribution to their community in some way. But it has mental health benefits. Uh, it has uh, the benefits a lot of newcomers want to volunteer and youth want to volunteer. And it's a way for them to experience uh, what working is like in uh, the Winnipeg environment. And it helps them meet new people and make connections and really just uh, you know be able to give back in some way. Um, we're seeing lots of youth volunteering now, which is wonderful, and uh, hopefully that trend will continue on the upwards. That's great, and really speaks to how volunteerism really shapes a more inclusive and a more connected community. Yeah, a- absolutely. It's and it's one of those things. I mean, it's you know, volunteerism can take shape in any way. It could be somebody who is you know, doing something on their own, very low-key in their community, just to make whatever little difference that they can, all the way up to people who are, you know, sitting on not-for-profit volunteer boards of directors, uh, some taking leadership roles uh, to to make uh, services available that otherwise wouldn't. And it it brings people together. It brings all walks of life together, uh, lots of recognition through diversity, and it just, it's just, it's an amazing way to spend your time, and it's such a meaningful way. And a lot of people will, will say, you know, volunteers are so generous with their time, but if you talk to volunteers, they'll say that it, it fills their cup up in other ways, that they get as much benefit back as the individuals and the organizations that they're helping along the way. So it's quite amazing um, the impact volunteerism has on a community. So when someone is interested in volunteering, how do you facilitate that connection or lead to an organization that is in need of a volunteer? Yeah, well, we, we do a number of things. We do lots of outreach to the community so that folks know where to come for that uh, that help. But uh, there's a couple of ways that we do it. We, we work with not-for-profits, and we have an online resource where they can uh, register their organization and all of the volunteer opportunities they have. And at any given time, we have around 500 opportunities And so folks can just go to our website and take a look at those opportunities, see if there's something that's a good match or fit for them. Or if we have folks that maybe need a little bit more help, they don't know how to start the process, maybe they're new to the city and they don't have the resources in place, they can actually give us a call and we can uh, sit down with them or we can walk through them over the phone how to find the volunteer opportunities that might be suitable for what they're looking for. Because a really important piece about it is that we want to make sure volunteers spend their time doing something that's meaningful for them um, because they're giving up something else by being there. And Volunteer Manitoba is also involved with the Leadership Winnipeg program and also has the Board Connect program in which some of the, uh, the Leadership Winnipeg participants are also a part of that, giving them opportunity to serve on a board with a, uh, with a registered charity. Tell us a little bit, about the, a little bit more about the Board Connect program and how it works. Yeah, Board Connect is an amazing program, and I think it fills a real gap that we see in the nonprofit sector. Uh, we run the Leadership Winnipeg program, which is a 10-month program that introduces uh, uh, folks to kind of a behind-the-scenes stage of what's going on in the city. It might be through Innovation Alley, it might through be social enterprise, or through universities, or the arts and culture. And part of that is we want these uh, these young uh, adults, you know, hopefully wanting to then transition into being able to serve in some capacity on uh, nonprofit boards uh, in the city. And so we designed this Board Connect program about four years ago, 
And what it does is it's a matching program where uh, we will reach out to nonprofits that may have space on their boards or are willing to take participants on in a one-year non-voting role and to, to give these folks an opportunity to experience what it's like to sit on a nonprofit board uh, or a committee of a, a larger organization. And really just uh, the idea is that we, we meet with these folks and they, uh, we talk about what their interests are and where their passions are and what kind of uh, board they might like to sit on. And so what we do here with the Board Connect program is we really vet between the two, the nonprofit and the individual, and then hopefully we can make a match and we follow that throughout the year. And what we have found is that many of the matches that we've we've put together have gone on to take on full-time board roles uh, with those organizations, which is ultimately what you want to see. Volunteer Manitoba is hosting the upcoming 36th Annual Volunteer Awards that are taking place on April 11th at the Club Region Events Centre. And uh, in advance of that, Volunteer Manitoba is accepting nominations for the Volunteer Awards. Can you tell us a little bit about the event and about some of the award categories and how people can can nominate uh, someone that they think is deserving of a, a Volunteer Award? Absolutely. Uh, This is probably our most exciting time of the year. It's a chance to showcase about 30 individuals and groups who have done tremendous volunteer works in their communities. And what it is, is it's really just representational of the greater picture we're seeing of all Manitobans who commit their time to to helping others. And so this year's the 36th Annual Awards. Um, It's uh, on the 11th of April at Club Region Event Centre. It is one of those events that when you leave, you just feel so inspired to go and do good work. And it's, uh, there's moments where there's not a dry eye in the house. And so we have a number of amazing partners that work with us on this. Our title sponsor is the Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries. Um, And we do uh, a number of uh, awards. Um, The Lieutenant Governor, uh, Janice Philman, has the Make a Difference Community Awards. We do the Premier's Volunteer Service Awards, the City of Winnipeg Mayor's Awards. And then we have RBC has a Bright Future Award for those helping youth in the communities. Um, We have a Shelter Award from Manitoba Real Estate Association. And it goes on and on. And it's just such a wonderful event. And what we're trying to do right now is trying to make sure that we have lots and lots of nominations so that these juries that have to vote on these awards have a really difficult time because every one of the nominations are worthy. That's great. And so great that so many different areas are represented through the awards. And uh, so if any of our listeners would like to learn more about Volunteer Manitoba or find a volunteer opportunity or if they'd like to nominate someone for the Volunteer Awards, where can they go to reach out and get more information? Best place to go is our website. It has everything you could imagine. Uh, It's at www.volunteermanitoba.ca, and then they just pick the tab for the area of interest. I've been speaking with Jackie Hunt, the Executive Director of Volunteer Manitoba. Jackie, thank you again so much for speaking with me today about Volunteer Manitoba. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you for your time. Thanks, Robert. Coming up next, Sonny Primolo returns to the program to tell us about a group of kids who are turning plastic bags into usable benches. Tom Ethan's director of Take Pride Winnipeg will sit down with Sonny after our next musical break. But before we get to that, here's Paul Weston and his orchestra with Some Enchanted Evening, right here on RC360.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. I'm Sonny Promolo, and with me today is Tom Ethans from Take Pride Winnipeg, the executive director. Thank you for uh, joining us. Thank you very much. The reason why you're here today is to talk about the MMSM Bag Up Manitoba program. Yes, this is a program that we started many years ago. I, I wrote a book called Timmy the Tumble Bag about yes. a plastic bag that escapes from the garbage, gets reused, recycled, and turned into a Frisbee. Mm. So then we thought, why don't we get schools to start collecting plastic bags so we can recycle them and teach the kids the value of recycling and also about reducing. And so then we've been doing that for a number of years and we partnered over the last nine years with uh, Multi-Material Stewardship Manitoba, which does your uh, household recycling. And it's just grown exponentially over the years. Absolutely. So I believe this program started in the fall of 2008. And over that time, you've collected over 9 million plastic bags. That's correct. And, and this year, no exception, we had 156 schools that participated in the wow. program. And in one month, the schools collected 886,000 plastic bags, which all got recycled, and they all got recycled here in Winnipeg. Wow. All of the plastic bags there. So they're made into what exactly? Well, they're turned into things that, like we gave out benches to the schools, and those benches are, are made out of plastic bags and uh, other recyclable material and wood, wood composite fiber. And they weigh over 200 pounds, wow. and it's uh, over 10,000 bags per bench. And, and then the company also will recycle them into other things as well. But it's just absolutely amazing, uh, the, the benches and how beautiful they look. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw pictures of them. Uh, and I believe just last Tuesday, you presented one to General Bing School just last Tuesday. Yes, we did. And, and uh, we presented seven in the city of Winnipeg and wow. seven outside of Winnipeg. Uh, the program goes all across the province, which is fantastic. Uh, our other partners uh, in Winnipeg, are the, all the bags are picked up by uh, Waste Connections. Mm -hmm. Outside Winnipeg, all, all the bags are picked up by Guardwine and brought into Winnipeg, where they're taken to Regen Composites, which is a new company that will recycle the plastic bags. And it's just fabulous that we can now do this recycling here in Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. But the big thing is we had less bags collected this year from the schools, which shows us that the students are learning about reducing the amount of plastic and that families are understanding that maybe it's time to reduce the amount of plastic that they're getting every day from the stores. Absolutely. It's very vital that we do reduce the use of our plastic bags, but there are different ways that the general public can help with this situation. What are some ways to help with this program itself and just how to reduce, reuse, and recycle plastic? Sure. First and foremost, when you go to the store, if you're buying one or two items, do not get a plastic bag. Just say no. When you're going to a store, bring a reusable bag if you can or a container to bring your, home, your, your food products home with you. Uh, in terms of recycling, you can recycle at most of the grocery stores in Winnipeg and, and, and some of the other stores have recycling bins for plastic bags, which is great. And so it's a matter of reducing first and foremost then recycling, and also you can contact schools in October to see if your school in your neighborhood is collecting plastic bags and then take them over to the school. You collected about a million plastic bags per year, is what that is? Roughly, Roughly? yes. There's a, there was a few years, a couple of years ago, when we were collecting 1.3 or 1.4 wow. million plastic bags. 
and it's down to 886,000 this year, but it's, it's just fabulous to see the schools that get involved. The, the uh, students love the program, the teachers love the program because it teaches the kids about the three R's, but it also, they have to count the bags and they have to understand, they have to learn how to count the bags and be very careful about how many bags they have. And uh, so it's quite exciting for the students and especially when we go to the schools and present some of the schools with benches, it's just, they're so blown away. Just imagine just like with that 800,000 something plastic bags going into the landfill and now being taken out of it, like just the sheer impact of that. Have you noticed any changes with that? Oh yes, I'm, we're, we're, we noticed that there's less plastic floating around on the streets, uh, and which is so important because the plastic bags, because they're so light, they can, they can go into our rivers and lakes and then they'll hurt our wildlife. And if people are being more cognizant of not throwing their bags into the garbage and not letting them go into the landfill, but instead are recycling them, that makes a huge difference. And especially if they're going and reduce the amount of plastic every day by a little bit here and a little bit there, it makes a big difference. Absolutely. Before I let you go, Tom, what other types of programs is Take Pride Winnipeg working on right well, now? Well, we also are doing right now our Snow Angel program, which is a program where we have students that are going out and shoveling walks for seniors. Oh. Uh, that's, that's pretty full right now. We've got, we've got only a limited number of students, and we have about 80 or 100 homes that we're doing. Uh, so that's great. Uh, we also have our spring cleanup coming up where we want people to go out and pick up litter mm. uh, around the city and around the province. And uh, we are partnering with other cities uh, for Clean Canada Together. And Winnipeg is one of the uh, initial sponsors and organizers of Clean Canada Together with the city of Edmonton. And last year we had over 25 communities that got involved and we want to keep upping that every year because we would like... Canada become the cleanest country in the world. For those that are interested in finding out more about Take Pride Winnipeg and your initiatives, where can they go to find out? If you go on our website and it's www.takepride.mb.ca, you can find out all about our programs. Uh, we, you know, outside of those regular programs, we also have many programs in the schools where this month in February coming up, we're going to be reading to uh, kindergarten grade four students for Take Pride in Reading uh, and probably 40 schools that will be in reading to the students environmental stories and talking to them about making a difference in their communities. Mm. So it's just nonstop, 12 months a year, oh, yeah. and it's so much fun. Awesome. Is there anything uh, you'd like to add before I let you go today? Just let's get everybody thinking about reducing more and more than anything else, then recycling and reusing, and respecting our environment. And let's everybody get out there to make a difference. Thank you very much, Tom. Thanks, Sonny. Up next is a friend of the show, Rick Lucier. Rick has been part of the community grants team at the Winnipeg Foundation for 25 years, but this week he's saying goodbye and retiring. So we sat down for a quick chat with Rick and learned about what he's learned over his illustrious career, and we'll bring you that interview after our next song, which is Eileen Barton with If I Knew You Were Coming, I'd Have Baked a Cake, right here on River City 360. If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake, baked a cake, baked a cake. If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. Had you do, had you do, had you do. Had you dropped me a letter, I'd have hired a band, grand band. 
like a mat for you. Oh, I don't know where you came from, cause I don't know where you've been. But it really doesn't matter, grab a chair and fill your platter and dig, dig, dig right in. If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake, hired a band. Goodness sake, if I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. Hot you do, hot you do, hot you do. Listening to River City 360. My name is Nolan Bicknell, and I'm now joined in studio by Rick Lucier. He's a senior grants associate at the Winnipeg Foundation, friend of the show, been on a couple times before, and uh, we're just going to have him back one last time. Rick, thanks for joining us. Great, no problem, Nolan. Happy to. So one last time because you are officially, as of today, retired after 25 years of service at the Winnipeg Foundation. First of all, congratulations. Thank That's you. an incredible milestone. Um, what are some just initial thoughts about the about this whole whirlwind of finally uh, being done at the Winnipeg Foundation? foundation and how are you how are you feeling right now yeah well uh, you know I guess as one could expect it's a it's a bit of a combination I feel uh, uh, you know excited for the next phase of, of life and uh, and it's and sad to leave the, the foundation it's been 25 great years here if there was a way to encompass one piece that's of a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360 thank you so much for tuning in today and a huge um, thank you to all of our guests for talking to us as well at the if you'd like to hear more River City 360 listen say, to any of our past episodes or subscribe to the podcast this you can do so at rivercity360.org again that's rivercity360.org River City 360 views and news from around Winnipeg is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM and we always love to Hear your feedback about the um, show. If you'd like get to, to learn request a song, and, uh, suggest and, a topic for a future then I show, or just say hello, give us a call on our listener line. It's open 24-7 at 204-944-9474, extension 3. And then indeed want to contribute to some of the causes that, that we support. What's something off the top of your head that you've learned over the past 25 years that you didn't expect to have maybe once you stepped through the doors here? Um, that you can't... Uh, you certainly can't force change. Um, if you're working with an organization and you might see something that you think, uh, boy, I've got an idea of how they can do this or that better, um, that, 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 that's often not, that's not something you can, you mm-hmm. can, you can force. You may not even be right about it. I mean, we f- found that the real, the real key is, is, is in conversation, exchange, um, respecting that they're the experts in mm-hmm. their field, um, and and that you, that you really are, are not the the expert in, in in these areas that you don't work in on a day to day basis. And the Winnipeg Foundation is known for empowering those organizations, right? It's right. not about taking the ownership on it. So, it, was it difficult for you to sort of allow, for, to step back and allow them to take the reins in in some cases, or or was it always just? Did you have to learn that lesson, or did you always know it? That well, that one on a you know a personal level, I think I always kind of uh, I always bought into that. I mean, I always felt that when 
when we talked about leadership, I was always very careful about uh, leadership, by, by, by not implying that we, we held the, uh, the mantle on, on leadership, but that, that really there was an incredible amount of leadership out in the community, and, and our role was to enable that. I mean, you know, we're primarily a funder. Uh, we can we let people run with with their ideas and and lead. So I mean, I've always been of the philosophy that that leadership exists. You talk about sort of humble leadership a lot. Um, right. I know you're a very humble man, so thank you for talking. I mean, it's <laughs> no probably problem. a little awkward to talk about yourself and your career a little bit. But what I'll put you on the spot one more time. Yeah. What's what's something that you're you're proud to have moved the needle on? maybe socially or, you know, 25 years is a long time. So what are you proud to have sort of at least maybe moved the conversation along or, or helped Winnipeg with what that was struggling 25 years ago and now today it's in a better place? Um, one of the things um, is our, our relationship with, I, I think, um, the religious community, which, mm-hmm. may, which may be somewhat, you know, a surprising answer. But um, I think we initially had a, a position that uh, you know our our role is not to support you know f- you know faith based uh, groups and we and and uh, you know I, I did have trouble with that from I understood that we we weren't going to be supporting actual religious activities mm-hmm. so that's just not the nature of our organization but well there's so much crossover though there's right so much crossover yeah. and and we um, uh, you know d- you, we really I think learned you know over the years and I you know I guess I take some pride in 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 that learning that. Um, the uh, that there's there's many different uh, faiths in in the community that are are real community leaders mm-hmm. and and organizers and uh, places that are, are meeting places and provide uh, you know wide ranging community services and so we've really moved to um, now we support a lot of religious organizations for their community work yeah, because be, they're community hubs. It would be it would be a disservice to most people if you omitted that. Uh, potential uh, improvement to their lives just because it happened to be faith-based. That's necessarily, right. right. So yeah. Yeah. So what was the policy 25 years ago? It just was. Well, it a was blanket. just that you know we just we 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 rarely supported religious organizations unless unless a donor had specifically identified right, right, right. them as a recipient. Interesting. Um, and, and you know we've moved from that. And I think another area that we've we've moved um, you know, much more into, and I, I can't take you know maybe too much personal credit for it, but. But in our in our work with um, immigrant serving organizations mm-hmm. and kind of our outreach into the community, it's uh, been I such a huge thing in yeah, the past years. Yeah, too. and I think like, we're much better known by by a, a lot of uh, you know uh, ethnic and cultural organizations that maybe didn't didn't know us in the past. And and I feel really good about that. How do you feel about the foundation's position right now as a whole? We're coming up on our hundredth year anniversary. You've been here since the seventy fifth, or you know around there, right? Moving forward, how do you see the foundation fitting into the lives of Winnipeggers just in general? Yeah, I think the foundation ha- is is playing a uh, just a, a bigger role by its sheer its sheer size and, and impact that it's having. I think the foundation has really moved, has really progressed um, into uh, into an organization that is is starting to take the more of a lead on some like we on on specific causes. We have a causes campaign. Right now, uh, uh, really trying to to let the community know that um, that w- that w- that you know we're there to really support what 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 community wants, but but making it a little more clear of what uh, what can be done with their dollars, as opposed to mm. saying that you know we will kind just of trust be, us be, and yeah, trust we'll, we'll us and we'll, yeah. we'll we'll be everything to everyone. Mm-hmm. That I think we're now we're saying you know what we here's an area of particular um, need, and and here's what what your support can do. Right. Absolutely. What's your cause that you, what's your 
main cause that you like to support? I would probably be children and youth, mm-hmm. I would think. Uh, um, you know, we, I've seen a lot of youth-serving organizations over the years, and, uh, and, and there's so much uh, inherent leadership in, in, in a lot of the, the youth that we see. Um, I've always hated the phrase that, you know, the kind of leaders of tomorrow, they're the leaders of today in my mind. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, that, that our support, to, you know, at that end of the spectrum is, 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 is great. Very well said. Well, thank you again for 25 years at the Winnipeg Foundation. Thank you for talking to us. You've always been so generous with your time for the radio show, for any videos that we've done. So really it's appreciate it. It's been a it. pleasure. Thanks, Norman. And good luck in the future. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and a huge thank you to all of our guests for talking to us as well. If you'd like to hear more River City 360, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we always love to hear your feedback about the show. If you'd like to request a song, suggest a topic for a future show, or just say hello, give us a call on our listener line. It's open 24-7 at 204-944-9474, extension 360. And you can search us out on Twitter and Facebook by searching at WPGFDN on Twitter. Tweet us or DM us on there, and you can search The Winnipeg Foundation on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great day and a great weekend. Mm-hmm.